Well, welcome to Dragon Heart. This is Che Long. I am joined by Mark Griffiths. How's things, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Christmas is coming. Goose is getting flat. I hope that we're still in the FA Trophy hat after Saturday. Mm, yeah, that <laughs> needs work. But I've got I've got another week till Christmas, so that should be all right. Exactly, and that's what we're going to be talking about this week. Um, this Dragon Heart, we've got fat geese. Got the What's it say? We were talking about fat geese. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Fat so fat geese first, then um, of course fans, we're going to be talking about the Weymouth game. We're going to be talking about our league position and how we feel about the season so far. We're going to be talking about the FA Trophy game our opponents lost. But we're going to also talking about maybe squad rotation and maybe just a few bits and bobs to finish off the show. So let's get to it. This is Dragonheart. I'm Aaron Hayden and this is Dragonheart. Well, Weymouth, not a game I don't think many Wrexham fans will be remembering over the years, but the most important thing is three points. It wasn't knocking Porto out of Europe, I agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I've got to confess. Um, I, I must be honest, though, and say that I, I <clears throat> opinion seems split on it. I, I was really happy with it in terms of our domination of the game, in terms of uh, whether they were in it, if you like, uh, because I thought we, we played a lot of good football. We looked very creative. And I think Phil Parkinson did have a point when he said, you know, we'll play like that one day and stick five or six goals about somebody. What? So, so I, I, I think some people have been going negative about the performance. I think it's the, uh, the lack of end products. That really bothers me. I think the, yeah. the approach play and our complete domination of Weymouth, who are better than Kings Lynn and teams like that that we've batted and Barnett, um, was was good. I, I liked that. I was just concerned that we got into so many fantastic positions throughout the game and really didn't make many clear-cut chances. Well, I must say, I think Weymouth are probably one more poorer side, if not the poorest side I've seen in the race course this season so far. They come... They, they parked the bus, and I think that was the first game I think I've seen at the race course this season where they thought, let's put 11 men behind the ball and try and scratch out a draw here. That's what I thought, anyway. And we were clearly the better side, weren't we, all, all, all around the pitch? Oh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. They're the first team to park the bus against us, and they didn't even park it very well. I didn't think that. Left the handbrake off. Um, but I... You know, their midfield dropped off and sat on the toes of their back three. The wing-backs really were full-backs. And yeah. yet, they left lots of space in their half and we passed our way through them and, and round the side of them really pretty easily. Uh, which was, like I said, pleased me enormously because that approach play was really good and bothered me because that final ball wasn't in there. It wasn't, it wasn't a lack of finishing this. So, so we did miss some chances, but you know, there was, there was a failure to turn all those fantastic positions we got into, especially when the wide players were getting around the back of the fence, into, you know, good service for the players in the box. And, and that, that did bother me a bit. But I didn't think they parked the bus well. They tried to. They sat back. They were far too defensive, but they didn't do it well. And we should have spanked them. That's my concern. I'm happy with our domination, but... You know, we could have we could have let goals in at the end. We, we should have spanked them. We should have finished them off. Wouldn't are you concerned that the fact that it's sort of been a running theme this whole season, isn't it? Really looking good, dominating, but not creating clear cut chances at home. Anyway, I think away we're a different side at times. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I'm frank, I think that's why January is so massive for us. Mm. Um, there's still something missing. I mean, I, I, I say there's something missing, but we're, we're going well. I think you know we won four out of the last five in the league, for example. Um, I just think that <clears throat> we're, we're hoping that with the funding that's come in, that we're going to be the sort of we're going to be able to put together a team that wins this league and then hits the football league running. We've not quite got there yet, and so a good January. I, I would have thought a good January makes us 
favourites to win the title. If we bring in the, the, the sort of level of players we're bringing at the end of the summer, we're laughing. But we do need to, because at the moment we're sort of a bit patchy, a little bit up and down. The performances aren't consistent, sometimes from game to game, sometimes throughout the 90 minutes. But we have enough good players and enough good play in us to still mm. be up there. You know, we are clearly, you know, just looking at that table in a title fight. So what's what type of player do you bring in to elevate us to that next level where we are really, really pushing the top two? Well, that's a good question, I think. Um, well, we've agreed in the past that it'd be nice to have some controlling midfielder. Do you think like a playmaker, yeah. some stronger can do that? Or even just somebody who's strong enough to tackle and give the other midfielders a bit of space? Or Would you agree, firstly, a bit of presence in midfield would be a good idea? I wouldn't mind a type of, say, like Danny Williams sort of midfielder to yeah. come on. Someone who's <laughs> gets himself about and can see off games. Which I thought maybe Dave Jones would have been that sort of player when we signed him. Not that sort of, like Danny Williams said, but someone he could bring on. We've not really seen much of him at all, have we, this season, Dave Jones, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And he has been uh, injured quite a bit, but, but then we knew that was probably likely when we signed him, didn't we? So... Yeah, so that, that's been slightly frustrating. But yeah, we need, I just think we need different types of midfielders. I think yeah. Jordan Davis, Luke Young and James Jones are both three of excellent midfielders, but reasonably similar at the same time, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, <clears throat> I think that the argument for, like you said, a sort of Danny Williams-style strong defensive midfielder is it really does release those sorts of players. James Jones can drive forwards, as we saw against Weymouth, to be fair, when he was getting some really good positions on the right. He can get around the back of defences. He can be an attacking threat. But if he's having to shuttle box to box, that, that's less likely. Danny Williams' type player behind him releases him a bit. And especially yeah. Jordan, as Jordan is such yeah. a creative player, when, you know, as we saw last season, playing him off as striker, he can really yeah. do some damage at our level. So, yeah, that's one approach, isn't it? If, with the midfield situation, is just to bring in uh, a, an anchor that allows the players we've got to express themselves or maybe allows us to put a more attacking player into centre mid, like Jarvis when he's back, or McAlinden. You know, to, so we change it around that way. Um, and the other option for midfield, at least, is you unearth a Darren Ferguson-style player. Somebody put yeah. on the ball. I was looking at today at Peter Ward in the uh, FA Cup run to 97. He was the type of player, you know, great left yeah. foot, brilliant delivery from set pieces. But more than that, was a hard tackler, strong player. Ooh, but he could move that ball around. He was a midfield boss. And, and we were spoiled for choice. Thanks. We had him and Dave Brammer, who was a similar type of player. At the, you know, both of them at the same time. <laughs> you know, that, that was sort of midfield general, I guess is the cliched name for him, isn't it? I, th- I think... Most fans would agree with both of us that we do need maybe one or two different styles of midfielders coming in. I don't, I don't think two would do any harm. No. Um, but is there any other positions where you think, hmm, yeah, maybe we could strengthen there? Well, definitely. And I think that's that's a quite interesting. It's a show, doesn't it, how as a team starts to bed down and settle, maybe your priorities start to change because we, were, we had this conversation well, about five, six weeks ago, we were both talking just about midfielders, weren't we? Um, yeah. Now I look at it, now it's settled, and I think there's liable to be strikers coming in. Myself. Um, now. Which is interesting in my head, because I think that's probably our strongest positions. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think that's something we'll prioritise. Um, I think partly because, well, it's, it's sort of confirmed now, isn't it? Mullen's been carrying a bit of a hamstring problem since... Apparently the Stockport game, in which case, my goodness, hasn't he done well? <laughs> it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe a good job he had that three-match layoff after the Maidenhead match. Um, but, you know, we, we, we can't push him too hard. He is so valuable. Well, the, the problem is that he's been playing brilliantly, but with an injury, so we need to be careful with him. Jake Hyde, sadly, has broken down with injuries. Yeah. Um, and... Although you can very clearly see what he brings to the party, and 
I wouldn't say that his first half season with us has not been successful because I think he's done a lot of very good work holding the ball up and working with Mullen. And he has got three goals, but he would have probably expected more by this point. And if he'd been yeah. stayed fit, he would have had more and he would have had that continuity and settled even more. So, you know, it's been frustrating for him. Um, likewise, Angus has been unfit and now is ill. And you know, so, so we have had sort of issues in attack. And also, even though there have been times when we look great going forwards and times when we battered teams, um, the home games, scoring's been a bit of an issue, hasn't it? So because of that, logically, I think maybe picking, you know, look, looking at something different up front as well might well be exactly what we do. Yeah. And yes, we have a great pool of strikers, very different types of strikers. Mm. If Mullins is carrying a bit of a knock, then, you know, Jake Hyde hasn't got the best injury record. Ponticelli's been, uh, has been quite injury prone in the past, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And Kwame Thomas is just come from a really serious injury. So you can't really rely on him to be starting games anytime soon, can you? And Dior Angus, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a cracking player, but. Is he the striker to elevate us to the next level? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the other problem, of course, is lack of continuity, isn't it? You know, Angus yeah. hasn't been getting many starts. Ponticelli's not been getting all that many starts. So, you know, there's a problem with that, isn't there? Um, I was just looking then. I mean, Hyde, we've played 20... Oh, hang on a second. Get me maths right. 22 games we've played. Hyde has missed nine of them. So you, you can't yeah. blame him for not having that continuity. I mean, he went off at Marine, for example, and that accounts for seven of the games he's missed with an injury because he just kept getting battered all the time and he kept coming back for more. So, you know, it, you can't get, there's no point getting frustrated with him for getting injured. He'll be more frustrated than we are. This poor bloke can't help it. But it means he hasn't been able to establish himself as he'd like. And if we've got money to spend and there's an attractive looking striker, I mean, Piggott's name, of course, has been yeah. Flashed around the media a lot, you know. If you have a striker of that caliber and you can make that deal, you bring him in, don't you? Um, and the rest yeah. will fight, fight over the scrap sort of thing. And we are, I think, a quality midfielder, a quality striker, another maybe quality striker away from really challenging the top guys at the moment, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, would you would you sign the left wing back or mm. a right wing back? Oh, that's the other thing I was wondering about. I'm a little more cautious on that because I'm just thinking I don't want to knee-jerk, have a knee-jerk reaction to one match. But I think part of the issue in the Weymouth game, well, I don't I say part of the issue, we caused so many problems on the wings. We got wide players in behind so often into their box, but then we didn't turn that into chances. So that either means lack of movement in the box, lack of bodies in the box, or lack of quality coming in from the players who've got round the back. Um, and so, I mean, you know, Riesel Johnson didn't seem to be quite driving on into the box as often as, as Hosanna was. Uh, there was a little bit of an imbalance, a deliberate imbalance. Um, because, But... You know, Bryce Susanna, who, who was terrifically dangerous and, and is so exciting, is playing on the wrong side. And if that's a contributory factor, the fact that his pace terrified them. He got into wonderful positions, but we weren't really making much of those positions. So, you know, maybe we do need a, a specialist left wing back. I don't know. Mind you, we've got Cameron Green, to be fair, who I rate, and I know you rate as well. Um, I think that's interesting. I think that... Has Cameron Green got the experience? I think he's got the quality, but has he got the experience to really drive you to a title charge? Well, I mean, that's another fair question, isn't it? You know, you know, are we going to bring in experience? Are we going to bring in players who can have an instant impact? Um, I, I'm just thinking there whether has uh, Green played more or fewer games than Hosanna in, in first team football. Green has yeah. played. Uh, well, let's have a quick look. Right, Green seven. Oh no, no, twenty-two starts and six sub. And Hosanna uh, has played 
in his career, 24 starts and two subs. So basically, those two have got pretty much the same experience. Mm. So, you know, we, we'd have to say about both of them, wouldn't we, if, we, if we're looking to bring someone experienced in. Yeah. And, and of course, we've got record as well, but he's a different type of wing-back. He? He's a full-back, really, isn't he? Yeah. And he can yeah. get forward to good effects, but he's maybe more of a defensive option as a left-back. And if we... I do like Jamie I do like Jamie Record. I, I think yeah. he started a lot at the start of the season, didn't he? And did look well in some games. Mm. But he got injured at the wrong time. Yeah. And it was, it was only a minor injury, so he was very unlucky. And then that coincided with Hall Johnson coming back. I mean, let's be honest, since then, mm. our play has really been based on the width and pace of attacking wing-backs, hasn't it? I've always thought, I think, Jamie Record could play a left-sided centre-half role as well. I know he played against, was it Chorley? Who, we played, who did we play in the, not Chorley, Curzon Aston. Yeah. In the, he played as a left-sided centre-back. Yeah. And I always think he has the right attributes and... To, to play that role. Uh, I think I'm right in saying we did that in one of the practice games we played behind closed doors, although that can also be because of what bodies you've got available, can't it? You know? um, the trouble for him in that respect is I think that, well, our back three is pretty much nailed down now, isn't it? And then you've got Brisley and French and Clareworth, all of whom I think would want to be Considered ahead of records for the left-sided centre-back spots because French yeah. actually has done well playing on that left side. Clareworth is, 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 is get that's his first choice position at the moment, yeah. and although Brisley I think is better in the middle of a three, um, he has played on that position. So I think all three of them would expect. So records going to have to he's going to have a hell of a fight to get into that oh, back three, isn't he? That's I, a problem. I agree, and I think if we're going to talk about positions that don't need to be strengthened, centre half, I think. Mm. We have really good options there, and mm. Max Clare have shown that on Saturday. I thought he was excellent. He shows a lot of maturity in his game for a lad of his age. The quality on the ball as well. You know, I mean, I just think what, <clears throat> now, now the team has settled a bit, and now Hall Johnson's back. I think you can see more clearly the pattern that Parkinson wanted. He wants to play the three at the back. He wants the two wide centre backs to be good on the ball and able to bring the ball forwards and join in. And Clevers did that wonderfully with um, Hosanna. I thought the link-up yeah. between those two was superb. But Clevers has always been comfortable on the ball, hasn't he? He's always been happy to bring the ball out from defence. Hayden's a bit more erratic, but Hayden, throughout the course of the season, has often played those those um, line-splitting passes that progress things on. So although he is a bit up and down, when he gets it right, he could be very dangerous with the ball going forwards. And then Tozer is a quarterback who can sit back in but he can switch to either side, which actually is, uh, you know, not that easy a thing. Most players only want to switch in the direction of their better foot, but he can play it both ways. So I, I, we want that comfort on the ball at the back, and Cleverth certainly showed he can do that. And I was also impressed physically with him. I thought he did well in the air, even when that Taylor Crowsdale, the big target man, came on for Weymouth, he still dealt with him. And I was really pleased to see that. I think Cleverth has developed ever so well. Oh yeah, certainly. I think he's. In, he, we were saying pre-season against was it Fleetwood we played. Yeah, we were saying how well he played in that game. How we'd like to see him actually mm. be a part of this first team setup on and off this season. Mm. I, I I predicted that at the start of the season and his seemed to have come through, and I, I'm really happy for him. It's it's really nice to see a a youth product come up and and play. You're being very modest there, Che, because my recollection of that was that we were talking about what we should do with Clareworth, and I was saying, you know, I think maybe he's good enough to take a step up and have a loan in one of a team in our division. And let's be honest, I was thinking go to a club like Weymouth and play most of the season in a relegation side. And you rightly said, if he's good enough for this league, then we should be playing him. And that's exactly how it's turned out. He's got it spot on. Uh, and I'm glad that Parkinson, I mean, let's be honest, managers who get given lots of cash to spend on players tend to spend lots of cash on players. I mean, apart from the fact that why wouldn't you spend money if you've got it? Um, it helps you keep your job if you bring in flashy players and they, and they perform as they ought yeah. to. But credit to Parkinson, 
he has seen that there is good young talent in the squad and he's not scared to, to play Cleworth, sometimes ahead yeah. of more experienced options. So, because before the game, we were saying, will he pick French? Will he pick Brisley to replace Lennon? And instead, Cleworth comes in and was absolutely terrific. Yeah, he was. He, and he had a good game against Notts County at home, which is, was a high-pressure yeah. game, wasn't it? Um, yeah, when he's come on, he's been he's been great for the most part. So, well done to him. That, that's... Mm. That, that that's that's brilliant, and the other position we have, the only other position we haven't talked about in the transfer market is a goalkeeper. Um, I don't think we really need another goalkeeper. Person, I personally don't think we need another goalkeeper. Neither do I. Although I can see, right? Oh, I'm going to play devil's advocate now. I can see the logic in saying it's worrying that Lindsay gets injured so much. And, yeah, you know, I can understand that logic. I don't subscribe to it. I think Lainton's a terrific goalkeeper, and I think Dibble's a good backup. Um, so I don't feel concerned by that, and I certainly wouldn't move for a goalkeeper, not least because I think Lainton would be good enough if we go up to play in the football league. Uh, I think Dibble would be good enough to be back up in the football league, and I, I just don't see the virtue in making alterations to a part of the team which is functioning well when we can focus on other areas of the pitch. But I do see that logic. I do see why some people talk about that, although I don't subscribe to it myself. I, I only think we sign a goalkeeper if there is an injury between now and the end of January. Yeah. And let's say, say Lainton's out for two months or Dibble's out for two months then we do sign another goalkeeper because you are as much as Japaniak, I've not really seen much of him. He's a very young and experienced goalkeeper. We don't want to be getting to the point in the season where maybe two goalkeepers are injured. We've seen crazier things and we're relying on a, a youth product to play big games. Remember you know? that the, the transfer window rules don't apply to goalkeepers in that if you if you if you can show that you've got injured goalkeepers, you are allowed to loan goalkeepers out. Okay. Okay. So, well, well, that, well, that's fair enough then. Which is another reason for me why you, you don't. I'm not worried about goalkeepers now because you would be able to act later on. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes complete sense. I wasn't aware of that. So I'm starting to doubt myself now. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm sure there's circumstances where you can loan goalies in, though. So, say, say, for example, we do have a nightmare and we have to get say between now and January the end of January and we need to get an experienced keeper in mm-hmm. then we do but I don't think it's something we really have to look at for now maybe I think going into summer say if we get promoted then maybe you're looking at a maybe a keeper to push for first position but for now I don't, I don't think it's necessary at all. No, I agree. I was playing devil's advocate, like I say, I'm a big fan of Leighton's. Seen as I put it out on Saturday that he's got the best uh, record clean sheets per games in the history of the club. <laughs> it's yeah, quite something. He's an excellent keeper. Um, yeah. you, could, uh, you could argue one, one of the best, if not the best, in the conference area. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Chris Maxwell fan. And I think you look at where Maxwell is now, and that shows his quality. But Lainton is certainly one of the best keepers that we've had, well, in a long time. Going back to football league days as well. Uh, there have been plenty of seasons when we've had inferior keepers in goal than Lainton. He, he's Mr. Consistent, isn't he? He's, yeah. He never worries when he's in goal. And that, that's something, that's a trait in a goalkeeper that I think every team wants. Exactly. And he's very quick off his line as well. He takes responsibility. He's quick off his line. Yeah. It's a good keeper. I was... Back to to the Weymouth game. Mm. Jordan Davis free kick. It was excellent, wasn't it? Beautiful, wasn't it? And they did the same one in the second half as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, which almost he 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 is super we have two excellent free kick takers at this club than we were in Luke Young and Jordan Davis. Well I think Mullen would say three. But he's not getting yeah. a chance, is he? Because the other two are, I mean, phenomenally good. I can't help thinking of, oh gosh, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna regret saying this, but I'm gonna say it. Messi versus Ronaldo, a boring argument, um, yeah. and everybody got excited about Ronaldo's free kicks. And the fact of the matter is, he scored a couple of amazing free kicks, 
but his actual stats from free kicks were terrible. Yeah. Um. So he's he's eye catching and clearly capable of uh, hitting something amazing, but the stats say once in a blue moon, once every few years. Whereas Messi, I remember Sid Lowe quite rightly saying is. His accuracy from around 20, 25 yards is such that it's almost like he's picking the ball up and putting it where he wants it to go. And he's terrifyingly consistent. And Davis and Young are like that, aren't they? This amazing run free kicks. You genuinely have a, a real sense of confidence. You just know they will score a decent amount from around those sort of, that sort of range, don't you? It's amazing. Oh, it is. And we'll go back to just like Paul Mullen saying, Paul Mullen's a great free kick taker. He hasn't had a chance to take it. I'd rather Paul Mullen be in the box ready for the rebound from the save or yeah. where his, if his post comes off the defenders, I'd rather Paul Mullen be in around the six-yard box ready for the rebound. So, But, yeah, it, it is really nice. And Jordan Davis, he can he can hit one. He's an, he is an excellent free-kick taker. And it, it, it came up an important time of the match, I think. Well, when you think about it, I mean, Young, Young's suffering in a way like Mullen is. Because Davis is so good, because yeah. when Young was taking free kicks last season, he, he has been taking free kicks, but not as many as he was. He hasn't scored this season, has he? Because the truth is, Davis is so terrifyingly good that Young is, tends to be the decoy. You've got to give Davis a few pops if we get free kicks, because if we get four free kicks on the edge of the box, I know that would be quite a lot in a game, but say we did, you'd be a little surprised if Davis hasn't scored one. He's, he's that good. Yeah, he is. And he, he, it's a very similar style of free kick every time he takes it, but it's just so effective, isn't it? It's so hard yeah. for the keeper to get. Yeah, it's it's excellent. I, as I say, it comes at important times. It was what 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 minute was the free kick scored? Thirty. Thirty. So you know, just in the cusp of half time, yeah. and going into the second half, one nil was vital, wasn't it? One nil up. It was just at the point in the game where we looked like we we completely dominated but we looked like we might not score and, and we there'd just been a little spell a quiet spell we were still on top but not creating chances so it came yeah. at the right time because if that had gone on for another five ten minutes we may have gone in a half time nil nil thinking hang on we're not really getting anywhere here we needed a goal then I think just to just to take that grip it's calm the nerves too I think yeah. 100% yeah, so yeah. We go into the second half and it's still a tense game, but we, we had some chances, didn't we? Oh, it was crazy, wasn't it? I mean, we we were completely in control and I just kept... You know, I mean, I'm always saying that one goal's not enough. And you're watching yeah. it and thinking, but they're not crossing the halfway line. Maybe one goal will be enough, but there's always that chance. Yeah. And... Uh, well, it nearly happened. Uh, nice at the end, they had two great chances. Uh, so, so we could have got caught out. So we dominated the second half. We could have scored three or four in the second half, couldn't we? Mullen missed an easy chance, and we had a few yeah. others. The keep made a good save from Jones, didn't he? Saved for free kick as well. We should have had the penalty as well, in oh, my gosh, opinion. Yeah. I, had, I had a fantastic view yeah. of the, that incident. He practically just judo tripped in. Mm. It, 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 it was pretty ludicrous how that wasn't a penalty and, and thankfully the, the the person the Matt who was doing the the match report at the time had it on the BT on BT yeah. on the tablet. So we watched the replay and it, it was like a judo throw. It was it was just if if that was VAR that's a hundred percent a penalty. You'd like to think so. Well, I'll be honest, the last weekend has made me wonder what VAR will actually penalise. That, <laughs> that, that, the one on Dawson in the box where he gets his legs swept from under him and VAR doesn't give it. But, but beside the point, yeah, just 100% penalty, 100%. No, no two ways about it. That referee must have been listening to us talking about refs on Dragon Out the day before and thought he wanted <laughs> to get on the follow-up. It was an absolute clear, blatant penalty. So we should have put them to bed easily. We could have done it in the first half. And because we didn't, I said, well, the subs made a difference for them. I thought Musa, the attacking midfielder they brought on, was a, a huge step up from McCoy, who normally looks good against us, but he was totally anonymous except when he was losing the ball. Um, and Musa came on and was running at people, and he he transformed things and started getting closer to the strikers. And then that big lad Taylor Crowsdale, 
caused problems with his size. Luckily, wasn't all that good. <laughs> so when he got a chance one-on-one, he missed it um, by a mile. He made, he made an easy chance look quite difficult, I thought, by taking it too quickly. But last he could have had a penalty minutes. too. Yeah, last couple of minutes, Wayne have just come to light, didn't they? Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and then I started panicking internally um, yeah. because I thought, oh, no, Wrexham, please don't concede the late one here. And they definitely should have had a penalty looking back at it. If that was the other side of the pitch, I would have been screaming for yeah. a penalty. Well, Mullins is a definite penalty. Uh, Taylor Crowsdale's is more of a definite penalty. And there's just no way yeah. it's anything but about it. Aidan grabs him. Um, it's... it's it, it, I suppose the saving grace, if we want to try and explain it through, is that he was offside. Now, there's no VAR, so the penalty would have stood. But I guess if we want to claim some form of moral high ground, he w- he should have been given offside. VAR would have spotted that one. <coughs> he wasn't offside for the one-on-one. It made you think, mm. like, like I said, the subs made a huge difference because the two balls in over the top for him. He, he's a sub and he's making those runs. Um. And then the two balls in came from the other two subs, Musa and Shields. Lovely passes, really nicely done. And, and not good runs, even though he went a bit too early for the penalty one. And it does make you think, I must admit, I, I mentioned this in commentary, I mentioned our conversation when you threw in which boxer is Wrexham. And I said James Bonecrusher-Smith. And <laughs> after I said that, I thought, I wonder what point I'm trying to make um, but I said it again on Saturday. I, d- I did refer to uh, the fact that you brought her up. Weymouth with James Bonecrusher Smith, because like I said last week, <laughs> Bonecrusher Smith, he fought Tyson, he covered up for the whole fight, and then suddenly went for Tyson in the last 30 seconds, landed some good punches and could have won it. And you think, why didn't he do that before? Well, Weymouth were like, they spent 90 minutes plus all the added time just covering up, letting us batter them. And then suddenly... <laughs> With, um, with 90 seconds left, they started making runs behind us and pinging lovely passes over the top of us. And you think, well, I'm quite glad you didn't try that before because we could have had problems. Yeah, and I, I, to be fair, I, think they, I don't think they had that in them for the whole 90 minutes. I think if they would oh, no. maybe with the front, if they would have started that at the 60th minute, no. I think they would have knocked out and we would have exploited and got another goal. So I think, yeah, well, we yeah. were a poor side. Yeah. I, I think... At the end of that match, I think I can see why a lot of Wrexham fans were frustrated because we played the poor side. We didn't get a goal from open play and they maybe could have got back into it in the last few minutes. So I can see why Wrexham fans were frustrated. However, I don't care how we get three points. It's clean sheets. It's a clean sheet and three points. If someone would have said to me before the game, would you take a clean sheet and three points? I don't care how we get three points. Three points is three points. Absolutely right. Uh, we didn't get a three points against Wealdstone, who, to be fair, I think were much better than Weymouth, but still, we should have beaten them at home. You know, we, just, we were coming off battering a couple of teams away from home. We should have beaten them at home. So, yeah, I, I and I also, I totally get why people were bothered. My gosh, imagine if we'd let in one of those chances right at the end. That would have been a hell of a, a punch in the guts to, to not win a game that we were completely in control of. That would really, really hurt, I think. So it was a massive relief that we actually got the goal. And, and yeah, and it, it sets us up nicely now for this, for this hectic festive period. Playing the music you love. This is Calon FM. We are now sitting fifth of the table with Chesterfield only three points ahead of us. However, they've got two games in hand over us. But I would probably rather have the um, the games on the board and carry on with this form that we're going on because I think we're looking like a solid side who are hard to beat at the moment. No question. I've always would rather have the points on the boards. I know how boring that I keep saying that, but <clears throat> you know, you look at the table and well, we're three points off the top at the moment. Although we played that the game more, two more than Chesterfield, but. You know, we still have to play the second-place team, Halifax, at home. We haven't played Boreham at all. You know, we've, these are, you know, we've got home matches coming up against Solly Hull, with a place behind us. Grimsby haven't yeah. come to ours. There's a lot of teams that haven't come to our place yet. Stockport haven't come to ours yet. So we've got a lot of big games at the race course 
where hopefully we can find that form and we can impose ourselves. Things are slotting into place better than, than they were, and that's, that's really encouraging. I mean, everyone gets excited about Shimanga, and, and understandably, but they've only scored one goal more than us. And the only team that scored yeah. more than them are Dagenham, who scored what two goals more than us. And we, you know, we're 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 picking up the momentum's with us. I would argue. Yeah, yeah, and I think if we get a good run, December January, why not? We need to we need to start getting on a, a big run. I think we need to start picking up the home performances because at the moment I really do think away sides are looking at us our home form, thinking we can get it. Well, our home form's not too bad, but mm. I think away teams do think they can get at us and, and there's a lot of nervous energy at the race course at the moment, I find. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But then hopefully we can improve the quality in the squads. That improves its confidence and we can build it up. And we, you know, like I said, we, we're on a good run at the moment, aren't we? We won, won four out of five. The one exception, we had a very poor red card decision against us. In the first half, otherwise we probably wouldn't have lost that. Whether we'd have won it, I don't know. So that's the only defeat we've had in nine in the league, and that coincides. We beat Halifax. Yeah, beat Bromley, beat Halifax, exactly. Uh, Bands that all coincides with us changing to the more attacking wing backs. So we found a system that clicks a bit better. We're not totally there yet, but we should improve the personnel over the week, over the January transfer window. Um, and the momentum is positive and it's going forwards. And I, I want us to challenge for the title, no question. But, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to tempt fate here. I'm just trying to look logically at it. We've got an expensive squad with high-quality players in it. I hope... By the end of January, we've got three or four more high-quality players added to it. And so, logically speaking, Halifax, three points ahead of us with a game in hand. We've got more than half the season left. Do we expect them to maintain that advantage? Quite possibly not. Bodenwood are two points in front of us with two games in hand. But if we have that strong squad, do we expect them to maintain that advantage? Probably not. Bromley, one game in hand, one point ahead. Do you see what I'm saying? These these yeah, aren't yeah. clubs that you're thinking... You know, if it was Stockport ahead of us with games in hand, you're thinking, yeah, not County, yeah. I'm not trying to belittle those teams, but if, if we're going to... You know, how did we feel when Salford were hunting us down? We felt like they were going to come past us because they had the money. Um, we're that team now. We're the ones yeah. that are building momentum. So the teams above us should be embodied. And even if we can't win the league... We can finish second or third and have a home playoff to get to Wembley, but I don't want to go through that. Exactly, I want to win a league. Exactly, I, I, I want to win the league too. But you know, we've paid all this money for big, big, big players who yeah. should rise to the occasion. So really, we should be thinking, yeah, we can win the playoffs. Even if we can, if we don't win the league, we can win the playoffs because we signed Paul Mullen, we signed Aaron Hayden, yeah. we signed James Jones, Ben Tozer. You know, players. Who you pay a lot of money for, but should show up at big uh, big games. Exactly right. We bought we we've bought in players in order to achieve that. Players who it should be their natural level to be performing in games like that. And hopefully we'll have a few more in January. <laughs> and we already had Jordan Davis, Luke Young, Bob Lainton. You know, we already had good players. Cole Johnson. Yeah, we have we have excellent players for this le- level last season, and we've kept a lot of them. Yeah. We've added to it. And we just need to add a couple more to, I think, narrow that gap. And it, it will come. We, we've had some disappointing results so far this season, but maybe we've, even still to now, we're ironing the creases. Yeah. And hopefully we get on a really tasty run and hopefully we get, we get the race course rocking. Because I think if, we, if the race course becomes a fortress, I, I, don't, I can't see why we can't challenge for that title. And like you say, we, we're not consistent yet, but we are fifth and we are three points off top. Yeah. So but I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to belittle the teams above us or well, between us and Chesterfield. What I'm saying is, imagine what it's like if we do click. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. hard work for people to keep up with us, isn't it? It is, especially, especially with the quality of, of Paul Mullen. You know, they shouldn't, he shouldn't be playing at this level and we've paid a lot of money for him and 
he's giving the goods and if the whole team can click around him with a couple of extras, yeah, let's do it. Why, why can't we challenge for the title? And it's good that we, we should be getting on a nice run of positive form. And on Saturday, in the FA Trophy, we carry on. If we have a nice win, that's good for morale too, isn't it? So after this, we're going to be talking about the FA Trophy. This is Sean Brisley. This is Dragon Heart. Well, Saturday at home, we've got Gloucester in the FA Trophy. Um, yeah, I don't really know much about them. I know their Twitter feed's quite funny when they're making digs at Chester. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah they, they seem like a nice, honest club. Do you know much about them? I, I have a lot of sympathy for Gloucester. Um, I, I think that... <sighs> Look, I, I, I'm keeping this in perspective. COVID is a, is a, is a global tragedy. Um, how it affects football is really not that important. Uh, so I am keeping a perspective, but in a footballing context, they really are unlucky. I mean, last season, they were flying. They lose their manager to Chesterfield, but they keep flying. And when the season is stopped, they are top of the National League South. Uh, not, not big fun, National League North but the season's annulled and then they've come back they've lost players uh, some of them to us like Gold Amatayo and yeah. uh, Keanu Marsh-Brown yeah. and they've not been the same the manager who took over and kept things going got sacked they, you know because they had a terrible start to the season and went from you know title leaders to relegation candidates they lost 9-0 at Chorley. Um, so they were in a right mess. Now, since they've ch- they brought in a, a caretaker manager and he's done well, he's not got a contract at the end of the season. So they've improved, but they are still struggling. Um, they're fifth and bottom and they're only four points off the bottom place. There are fewer teams going down because of the restructuring necessary because of Maxfield going out of business. But still... They're in danger. Um, they're away for them. They haven't won away this season. Uh, although they did do well on Saturday. They drew at Alfreton, who were up near the, going for the playoffs, and, and actually were winning. But they've improved lately. You know, three wins out of five. So they, they have improved under the interim manager. I think they'll be a tougher game than they would have been when the draw was made, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it... Really, on paper, it's a game Wrexham should be cruising, but yeah, don't depends like on what team we pick. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, the National League North is a very competitive league, isn't it? To be fair, with some big sides in it now. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. The, the impression I've always had for quite a while is the North is much stronger than the South. Yeah, look, look at the South, and the same teams keep getting relegated and come back up again. You know, teams like Woking and Ebbs Fleet, Braintree, they yo yo because it's an easier league to get out of. Whereas the North, big teams go down and we don't see them. So, yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And to be at the top end of it and I would take it away like that is cruel. But they, they got interesting players. I mean, they're the, the obvious one to watch out for. <clears throat> they play a 4 3 3 generally. Um, with their fullbacks really attacking. So that'll be interesting as we are so attacking down the flanks. And when the midfielders like dropping off and, you know, they'll, they'll make an extra defender so they can get the fullbacks up. But the, the main obvious player is Ollie Hulbert, who's an only 18. He's on loan from Bristol Rovers. But before last Saturday, he'd scored five in a row. I think he's on nine for the season. So he's, you know, really in hot form. So he's an interesting player. And, on the bench last weekend, they had Jordan Thompson. Remember the old Wrexham player that we had on loan on Vian Keats? Yes, yes, and I do. We all, they also had another... Oh, look, I'm living in the past saying this, but it makes me a little cautious of them. When Keats was manager the first time, we were going really well, and then we went to Aldershot, and Aldershot, it was Gary Waddock's Aldershot, they played the most wonderful, fluent football it was astonishing. I don't think they sustained it. So I think maybe we were unlucky to play them then. But we had this rock solid defense. And we had Pearson and Roberts and Jennings and Smith. And they, they pulled us to pieces. They beat us 2 0. It could have been five or six. 
two of the players who stood out in that game were on the bench for um, Gloucester, which maybe suggests they've lost their way. But Fabian Robert was is a French attacking midfielder slash striker. Oh, good technique, really good movement. And Bernard Mensah, who is a quick wide attacker who can switch around. Their, their rotation in that game against us was amazing. And those two were outstanding. Um, the fact they're now on the bench for Gloucester suggests they're not playing at that level anymore, but they've got the ability. And Mensah actually has got a Bentozer-style long throw on them as well, just to throw that into the mix. So they've got, they've got players that are going to be interesting. And they're going to be up for it too, aren't they? It's a oh, yeah. big occasion for these teams to come to Wrexham. Because for them, surely, look at the FA Trophy. I don't want to be arrogant here, but for the lower teams in the FA Trophy pyramid, you've got to be looking at Wrexham, Notts County, Stockport mm. as the big sides that you want to play. Oh, gosh, yeah, 100%. We are the big dogs, aren't we? Um, yeah. And especially with what's happened with us. 100% and the, the chance for them to maybe have players spotted and you know getting the documentary it, it, it's, it's a big it's a big deal for teams coming to to the race course that's why I think it's been hard for our, our ourselves to, to play at home because it's an immense amount of pressure I've never been a Wrexham fan and felt this pressure for a long long time really and you know the, the, it, it's going to add something if you scored a winning goal against Deadpool's team. Yeah. You know, that's got to be an extra motivation, isn't it? 100%. And, you know, it, it, for me, I, not only is there pressure to 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 win at Wrexham at the moment, there's pressure to actually win in style, isn't there? Mm, yeah. Which, yeah, that's true. you know, yeah. and if, if we only win 1-0 against Gloucester, there's going to be a lot of complaining fans. So it, it's... <laughs> it's true, although I think it also depends on what sort of team we, we put out. But before we get on to that, just to say this, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, the other thing, the, the big thing for the smaller teams is, and I don't know if this is because a lot of the big teams don't take it so seriously and are vulnerable in the early stages. Look at the teams that have been in the finals lately. And over the last four years, Hornchurch, Hereford, Concord Rangers, Brackley, you know, you know, the small teams are getting through. So it's quite interesting to see that and, you know, wonder whether, you know, at the moment, the way the FA Trophy goes, a team like Boston should be thinking, well, you know, we get past Wrexham, maybe two or three other decent National League Premier teams go out. We might get with a good draw. We might find ourselves in the semi-final before we know it. Yeah, and it's a, I'm, I suppose it's a good money spin for teams like this. You could... If they win the FA Trophy, I'm not sure what the prize pool is, but it's going to be a significant for a team like Gloucester, isn't it? More significant for a team like Gloucester than it is for a team like us. Um, well, it'll certainly mean more for them than us, won't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how generous it is. I'm just having a quick look now to see if I can work it out. Um, I know that it's not fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we are the first round proper. Yeah, okay. Perfect illustration. <clears throat> the winner on Saturday gets three thousand pounds. The loser yeah. gets seven seven five. Then the next round it goes well, it's going up by increments of seven hundred and fifty. Then so if you get to the quarterfinals, you get seven and a half thousand for winning, two thousand for losing. But of course you've accumulated that alongside all the other stuff, haven't you? So oh no, you haven't. Yeah, you get sixty thousand well, for winning it. If Chesterfield do well, maybe they can pay for that frost covering. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, if Chesterfield do well, maybe they can bring some players off furlough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's that's the grand plan for Chesterfield. No question. But uh, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about what team would you start? Do you go strong? Do you go mix between strong and fringe players? Do you even add, we've just signed some players from. The youth setup, haven't we? Do we even in, in, put them into the, into the first team for this game? What? Where do you start? Who goes in goal? Let's start with the goalkeepers first. I don't know about that because I think we're going to come out with very different teams. I goalkeeper. Oh, I, if he wants to say to Dibble, you can be the cup, cup keeper. We didn't give yeah. him a chance in the FA Cup, although to be fair. 
because of Lynch's injury, they then they're all right, Dibble. I, so I'd probably say if you if you suggest that to Dibble and you're keeping him happy, I'd pick Dibble. Yeah, I'd pick Dibble. Yeah. Right. Ten to back. Brisley needs match practice, doesn't he? But I think we're gonna go quite strong because we've got no midweek game this week. You've got no midweek game next week. Um, so I don't think there's a huge amount of argument for saying we should rest players. So I think maybe we we very deliberately rotate in a couple of of players who need the pitch time. Brian thinking Hayden Toza Lennon, actually. To or or no no, hang on. Add Clareth for one of those. Maybe right. for Lennon. Maybe Lennon a longer break because he's injury prone and then let him come back for the busy, you know, we've got a lot of back-to-back games then. End of December, January's a hell of a tough month. We've got loads of difficult games. So that, you know, so maybe, I don't know, would it benefit Lennon to have a break there? I don't know. But I, I was thinking Brisley, Hayden, Clower. Mm. You know, gives Toes a rest. Yeah, yeah. Hayden, Hayden's got a lot of quality against the side who are a, a team league blowers and I think Clareworth having two games on the bounce would be good for his development. Yeah, I think that, that that's why I, I, I stepped back from saying Lennon. And and you said he rightly said that uh, we've just given out five uh, youth contracts, youth players, professional contracts. So lads like Dan Davis and Joe Fountain could yeah. come into the mix, couldn't they? You know, at the back. Even, I, even, I don't think they will, but you know, if you give them a pro contract. Yeah. Go give them a chance. Yeah, yeah. Right, wing, wing backs then. Who, who, which wing backs do you pick? I personally left wing back. I go Cameron Green. You've yeah. got to give him a chance. I give him a full ninety at some point. I think right wing back. I think who would feel harshly left out all seasons. I think he's been excellent. Would be Tyler French. I, I agree that with the logic of what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I really like Tyler French, and I really like Cameron Green. Uh, I think Jamie Records may be keen. He's not, you know, we haven't got reserve teams, so he might be keen to get a, a 90 minutes under his belt as well, though. And I'd also maybe think that Reese Hall Johnson, because he's been injured, hasn't had had that much taken out of his tank. So I'm just trying to think. I, I think a manager is not going to rotate that much without midweek games. So I'm thinking Hall Johnson and ooh, Hall Johnson and Record, I think. My my heart says green, my head says record. In terms of what Parks will pick, yeah, that sounds about right. I'd be happy if any of them them yeah. combinations really. I think they they could threaten against a team like Gloucester. So now it's a tricky one, really. Yeah. Midfield, where'd you go? I don't know. <laughs> well, again, there's not much scope for rotation. I don't think we got really. Traf- we, we've got Trafford, who's not True. played yet. Yeah. So, wouldn't that be a perfect opportunity for him to try and showcase his skills, maybe get a contract extension? Could be, or it could be we've just brought him in as a tidying over measure, and yeah. we'll be bringing in midfielders in a couple of games' time. So, do we have to give him a game? Would be the other way of looking at yeah. it. Poor bloke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, poor, poor lad. <laughs> Jarvis is injured, and although I must admit I haven't double checked this, I assume McLinden's third suspension game is this one. Yeah. So we haven't got that much beyond the, what we've got at the moment, unless we're drafting in David Jones. I'm not sure how fit he is, or have you got 90 minutes in him, or Devontae Redmond, who's not been involved for a long time. So I'm going Davis Jones Young, or maybe Young Jones, and I'm still struggling for a third person, to be Jones. honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. If has he got 90 minutes in him? That's the question. To me. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'd say yeah. I'm not totally sure about McLinden because I know there was a suspension. It was suspended in the cup and the suspension remained in the in the FA Cup. I can't remember where it was now. Well, it was, wasn't it? So, yeah. Wasn't it Mullin? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's, it was. What are you thinking? Because we haven't got much scope there. Would you go Trafford? I'd like, like to see him get a chat, give be given a chance, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but beyond that, in midfield, I just think you, you 
Yeah, Davis Young Jones. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Jordan's the one that needs a break more. I would suggest in that Young had the break from being injured. Jones has been in and out of the team. I know actually they've started like 17, 16, 15 league games between them, but still, you know, I think James Jones would like a start in order to keep pushing his the point that he should be always in the team. Um, Young had a break. Toes are in midfield. Sorry? Toes are in midfield. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, couldn't it? Yeah. I just don't know. If they, I just don't, I don't think you want to tinker too much. So I think records because he should get some game time. Clareth because yeah. he's earned some game time. Yeah. Um, maybe you rotate Davis out to give him a, a little bit of a rest. And then Mullen, I wouldn't pick because if he's got a sore hamstring, we've got other options up front. But beyond that, I think I'd Jake Hyde put off at half time though, didn't he? As well at the Wayne of Game. Yeah, that's the problem. So How fit is Hyde up front? Angus will be unavailable. Ponticelli, I think, is a nailed on starter. Quality hasn't gone full 19 in. You know, so that, that's the question with Mullen, isn't it? Really? Ponticelli Bickerstaff, maybe. Well, that makes sense. Um or um, with, with reports of Mullen having a knock, I would rather him just sit out and rest. Personally, yeah, even um, though ideally you'd want him to play, and even though I bet he wants to play because he'd be thinking, I can score goals against team from a lower division. Yeah. I don't want to pick Mullen, no. I, I want to see maybe Hyde is fit enough to start, I don't know. Uh, Bickerstaff's an option. Dan Jones, if you want to go delving into the youth system. Dan Jones yeah, yeah. is fantastic uh, write-ups. So we've got... But we are, we do look a bit thin midfield and attack, actually, don't we? If we, when we look to rotate at the moment, maybe Quanway comes on for half an hour if he's got that in yeah. him as well. I, I, um, I think we'll see Kwame. Maybe we'll start with yeah. Kwame. I think didn't Phil Parkinson said he thought he had about half an hour in him if needed last Saturday and probably about an hour yeah. next Saturday. So you could yeah. start him and then just, you know, you've got someone lined up to come on off the bench, pick a star for Jones off the bench, maybe. It, it, it's, it's a shame McElinden and ja- Jarvis being injured and McElinden yeah. being suspended. Mm. I think that would have been ideal for one of them two to slot in as a striker. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, especially Jarvis's um, creativity. Mm. He's really good against teams like, you know, like Marine and like, you know, a lower end team. He, he can really tear teams apart with his technical ability. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it's a shame Jarvis is not playing this game. Mm. It's a shame Dior Angus is out because yeah. again another good opportunity for him to try and get back on the first team because I think he's a good striker with a lot of pace too when he got those starts at the start of the season he looked yeah. sharp I thought and when we yeah. went to the 4-2-3-1 and he was on his own up front with Mullen supporting him I thought he did really well and I thought he's quite unlucky to miss out all that Ponticelli came in and I think Ponticelli actually did better Ponticelli has also been extremely unlucky to miss out when he's been dropped but um, yeah, so those two have, have performed well. But like I say once Jelly should get a chance to show what he can do, uh, Angus won't, will he? Yeah, which is a shame. So it would be nice to see the reunion of Kwame and Angus again. So they both really clicked last season, didn't they? So that, yeah. that would have been nice. But unfortunately, we won't get that. So I think, yeah, in the whole, I think me and you kind of agree on what team will play. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Parker's a track record that we we play a full strength side on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's perfectly feasible. I certainly think the logical thing to do is to go strong, but anyway, we'll we'll see. And the usual methods will be around for people to keep in touch with it as well, won't they? Yes, um, we'll have the Twitter, uh live match center, uh, ca- uh radio, uh, sorry. The Wrexham player on the on the official Wrexham FC yeah. website is plenty to plenty to sink your teeth into if you're not going to the game on Saturday, Mark. Absolutely, that should be interesting. Should be interesting. They'll put up a fight, but we should have the strength to to deal with them, even with a bit of rotation. I would have thought. Yeah, and we have rich history in this competition, so it would be nice to get to to win it again, wouldn't it? Absolutely, but nobody mentioned North Ferriby. Yes, we will forget about North Ferriby, <laughs> but we had the Grimsby one, didn't we? So we'll remember that. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed this one this week, Mark. It's been, there's been a lot of analysis. Let's hope we can do the job and then get ready for that tricky run of league games. 
yeah, it's going to be a tough festive period. But yeah, this has been Che Long. I've been joined by Mark Griffiths. This has been Dragon Heart. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Vose and uh, this is Dragon Heart.